Hello and welcome to Access Chat, the first Access Chat of 2022, and we're delighted to have a double header. So we have Sue Kunashakaran and Craig Spence. And Sue, you're from the Zero Project, and Craig is from the International Paralympic Committee. So uh, how do we bring these two together? What brings these two together? Well, it's uh, 13 more things, because it's actually We the 15. So welcome, both of you. Um, delighted to have you with us. Um, should we go ladies first? Sue, would you like to <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Um, hi there, nice to meet you. And just by way of introduction, my name is Sue Kunashakaran, and I'm the Civil Society Manager with the Zero Project. Um, essentially, what this means is I work globally with a lot of organizations that are working on the ground, a lot of grassroots in, 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 initiatives, sorry, um, and understanding what civil society really brings to the table when it comes to the disability sector. Excellent. And Craig? Hi, thanks, Neil. Uh, my name's Craig Spence, Chief Brand and Communications Officer for the International Paralympic Committee. So working primarily on the organisation of the Paralympic Games. So last year we delivered Tokyo, uh, only a matter of days away from Beijing 2022. Uh, so that's my, my day job, you could say. And then together with the International Disability Alliance and all the other international organisations we brought in, we launched We The 15 last August, and we will be continuing it over the next decade. So it'd be great to talk to you about it today. So I'm amazed that you found time to talk to us today with uh, the, the the Winter Games coming up, because knowing the IPC, as, as I do, because we work with them in my day job, um, there's usually uh, a flurry of activity uh, in the in the prelude to the game. So thank you for taking the time out to join us today. So can you explain a little more about we the 15 because it's uh it's a it's a long-term project and, and it came out of some of the stuff the with which the ipc have been doing and, and i know the background and we know the background but for our audience can you explain what we the 15 really is yeah well we the 15 came about of when we looked at the impact that the paralympic games has on society and the paralympic games has grown probably exponentially in the last decade and is now the world's third biggest sporting event now, what we wanted to do was how can we use this platform to really engage and trigger wider change in society, not just in the host country that's hosting the Paralympic Games, but, but globally. And we decided, well, if we want to change the world, we need to do it together. It's a lot easier if you bring in lots of other organizations. So, so what we did with We The 15 was bring together 19 international organizations who all share our passion for driving social inclusion. And we launched We The 15 in August. And We The 15 aims to be the world's biggest global disability rights campaign, transforming the lives of the world's 1.2 billion persons with disabilities. And we're delighted to have zero projects on board with us. And 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 yeah, we, we, we launched it around the Tokyo 2020 Paralympic Games last year using the platform of, of the global awareness of the Games. And now that we've got the launch out, out of the way, now the hard work begins and now the changing of the world begins. And that's what we're aiming to do starting this year. Excellent. So I, I know Deborah's got a question, so over to you, Deborah. Thank you. I, I, I love We the 15 and I and I and I totally agree with what you said, Craig. We're Let's all change the world together. And we're big fans of Zero Project. We love what Zero Project's been doing for, I forget, how many years has Zero Project been in existence, Sue? Um, so the Zero Project was in, was initiated in 2008. 
Um, so that's quite a few years now. Um, mm -hmm. And every year we, we change up the themes. We touch on employment. We touch on uh, accessibility. We touch on independent living and political participation as well as on um, education as well. So this kind of touches on a lot of assistive technologies and assistive innovations all around the world. So since 20, 2008 till today. Um, very exciting. Too. You give awards to the people around the world, especially focusing on the developing countries of people that are making a difference. I really appreciate that as well. Absolutely. Um, and we actually do have the Zero Project Conference uh, kicking off on the 23rd of February. So only a few Who weeks away. I yes. know. The theme this year? This year it's going to be on accessibility. So we have identified 76 awardees from all around the world. Um, rather exciting year because we have had some new countries coming in from the global south. Um, so quite a few new economies that we're looking into. So pretty interesting. Um, and I, yeah, it's going to be. It's exciting. I have a quick question for Craig too, and I know it's not a quick question, but Craig, I was really surprised when we were talking before the interview of the numbers that y'all got in the We the 15 campaign. I was just shocked with the numbers. We're very proud at Access Chat that we have some amazing numbers. I, I forget what it is, 12 million impressions on Twitter. And then Craig told me his number. So I, I just thought I was fascinated with the numbers. So um, maybe you could share that with the audience. Yeah, the numbers aren't my numbers. The numbers are a collective team effort and shows the power of international organizations working together. So so the We The 15 launched during the, the three weeks that we put it all together. Uh, the campaign film that we launched in 10 different languages has been viewed by three quarters of a billion people around the world. We'd set ourselves a target of half a billion. So to, to exceed that figure uh, further has been great. I mean, that was helped by playing out the campaign film in the opening and closing ceremonies of Tokyo 2020. So massive global audiences there. In terms of Twitter, uh, we've had 2.4 billion impressions on Twitter for the We The 15 hashtag. And that's been really amplified through a, a partnership with Twitter. And then what's been hugely successful has been the media relations campaign. So we worked with, and this is what's so joyous about We The 15 is three leading international PR agencies gave up their time to support We The 15, in addition to Adam and Eve, who created the campaign. The media coverage has reached 6.7 billion people. That's 80% 80, 80 of the global population of heard about the campaign. Now, it's always good when you hear those metrics and you, you feel you puff your chest out. But what's really important is we've then measured awareness of the campaign. So we've got the PR metrics that measure one thing, and then another agency has looked as awareness of the campaign. 21% global awareness of the We The 15 campaign. That's pretty amazing, bearing in mind we only launched it on the 19th of August. So we've got a really good platform from which to build with now for the next decade. So the hard work begins now. I know Antonio's got a good question, so, um, but I just wanted to compliment you on your logo because your logo is one of the nicest and simplest and, and, and clearest logos that I've had the pleasure of viewing for a long time. I think it's really nice and really meaningful. So I just wanted to say that before I forgot. Over to you, Antonio. Uh, thank you, Neil. Um, having the let's say having the uh, having the Olympic Games and the Paralympics as a, a reference, particularly in, in the way how the different uh, 
committees from the different countries promote their athletes. Okay, because it's some countries are particularly good at doing that. You know, over the 12 months, over no, no, from from the end of the games to the beginning of next of the next games, they're always doing that in a very you no, know, they're really good doing it. Other committees are not as good as doing it, and in the end, the athletes are the ones who end up losing. They they might lose opportunities for sponsorships, they might lose business opportunities or even opportunities for work. What I would like to have from you, Sue and Greg, is how we can support countries who are not as strong as promoting their athletes to come forward and to improve in order to benefit the athletes in the overall. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sue, shall I jump in on this one and then yes, pass to you? Yes, go ahead. So, so if you look at the, the National Paralympic Committees, we've got 183 around the world. They differ in size and scale. So in, in the global north, you've got some big, big players like the US, uh, US Olympic and Paralympic Committee. You've got Paralympics, uh, the British Paralympic Association in Great Britain. So you've got some real big players who are well-resourced, who then can work with their national federations to really raise the profile of their athlete communities around the world. So that's at the top end of the spectrum. At the other end of the spectrum in the global south, you have many national Paralympic committees where you've got one person who's probably a volunteer who's doing everything. So they're doing the governance of the National Paralympic Committee. Sometimes they're even the coach. And even in, in some countries, they're even the athlete. So they're doing absolutely everything. Now, what we want to try to do is, is, is we at the IPC, we, we do a development program where we don't give these National Paralympic Committees cash. What we do is we give them the skills to resource up so they can secure additional government funding, so they can go out and develop marketing plans and bring in sponsors. Then they can start to amplify what their athletes do. But they, they've got to take it on a – it's a long journey. Now, what we can do all together is, in the same way that we've brought in a number of agencies who have worked free of charge on We The 15 for the common good of developing a better society for all, that's where I think we can all add value is – is can we work with some of these smaller national Paralympic committees and offer our expertise to try and make them stronger so that they can bring more athletes into the pool of talent who compete at the Games? And then when those athletes become well-known, then they can become the advocates for change and use their profile to really highlight the issues that persons with disabilities around the world face. And that's one of the things about We The 15 is we don't want the world just to think that every person with a disability is a Paralympian because that is far from the case. What we want to do is use the, the profile of the athletes and the platforms that they perform on to really use their profiles to champion and change the world for the, for the 1.2 billion. And it's important that we do that. And um, just, just to add on to what Craig has mentioned, I think the beauty of the We The 15 is that when we come to talking about sports, it's it takes away the politicizing of disability, I think. And it opens up the conversations and it opens up the the opportunities for people to discover new new innovations, new, new, new ideas, uh, new thoughts. And um in, in talking about the Global South and how the Zero Project comes in on this is that we identify very low-tech innovations that athletes can tap on. We identify organizations that roll out programs for free that athletes can reach out to. Um, and all of this, I think, goes beyond 
the the sporting sporting arena as well. Um, it goes into access to education. It talks about employment. It talks about living independently. And like Craig mentioned, not everyone is in is a Paralympian. And I think that's that's the critical part that we need to identify as well. That not everyone um, has to compete in the Olympics. It's about the day to day lives. And I think if if we watch the the absolutely amazing video that was launched as part of the the We the Fifteen campaign, it it shows this. It shows from living day to day, going to school, going to work, um, falling in love, being being human, I think, is is what is so critical about this. Um, and this is where the Zero Project comes in and identifying these stories as well. And I think sharing these stories is such a powerful medium of sharing experiences as well. So that's it's it's something that we're super excited about and in, in coming into the next decade for this campaign. And, 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 and of course, we the 15 is representative of the 15% of the global population. And, and, and when I was mentioning the, uh, the logo before, in case you haven't seen it, it's essentially a pie chart with a movement pointing upwards, um, representing that 15%. I think it's, 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 it's really super. And, and I like the fact that it's a long-term campaign because one of the things that that we'd observed with the, the the Olympics and the Paralympics is that your, your engagement naturally peaks and drops with with the game. So so that consistency of, of campaign is, is is really nice. That engagement with the community is super. As a person with a disability that would never qualify to be a Paralympian, not just on grounds that I'm porky and overweight and overage, <laughs> but but because my disabilities are cognitive. Uh, it's nice that this is also a campaign that represents all disabilities as well. So, um, what are what are some of the things that you've got lined up to to engage the the wider community? And how do we really get people to sort of identify with the campaign and with the aims of the campaign over the next coming decade? Well, that's where the hard work begins. Um, so. At the Global Disability Summit in February, we'll be announcing how the whole world can get involved and get engaged in the campaign. And I dare say that that for, the launch was so successful in August, far more successful than we ever expected. Um, and we've had to go slightly back to the drawing board because we had so many organizations, whether it was governments, cities, businesses, or even local organizations like the local baker saying, I love it. What is it I can do? How can I get involved? So what we'll be announcing in February and then using the Beijing Paralympic Winter Games as, as basically the big amplifier for it is we'll be announcing how anyone in the world can get involved in We The 15 and make a commitment on what they are going to do to drive inclusion for the world's 1.2 billion persons with disabilities. So we're trying to work out the most simple mechanic possible that also complements the existing work that's out there. What we don't want to do with We The 15 is is say what's gone before us is wrong because it's not because what's gone before us has been fantastic. And what we need to do is we need to align with all the great work that's going on there and bring it together and use We The 15 as this champion brand and this Trojan horse that takes the 15% with us and feels like it's this is our movement, this is our representation. But we, over the next 10 years, constantly jab the 85% without disabilities in the ribs saying, come on. <laughs> Let's provoke some conversations. Let's provoke some change. And that's what we aim to do over the next decade. So, so in February, we'll announce how people can get involved. We've got some really exciting plans lined up. Um, and then also we'll be, 
we still want to raise awareness of We The 15. So although the, the figures from the launch are beyond our wildest dreams, just by people realizing 15% of society has a disability has provoked so many conversations. We've not asked anyone to do anything yet, but we've sparked lots of thoughts, lots of conversations about, you know what, when it comes to inclusion, we've done lots of great things on sexual orientation, gender, and ethnicity. You know what, we've totally forgotten about disability. So we want to really initiate change now. And so you'll see lots more about how we can raise awareness. And then as we progress over the years using obviously not just the Paralympic Games, but Special Olympics, Invictus Games, Deaf Olympics. We're also going to be using those sport events to help change the narrative as well. So you'll see some new campaign elements around the Paris Paralympics in 24, the Milano 2026 Paralympic Winter Games in 26, and, and the LA 2028 Paralympics. So we've got very ambitious plans and we aim to deliver it and take 1.2 billion people with us. Excellent. And um We've, as, as people may know, Antonio and I both work for Atos, and Atos works with the, the IPC as a, a, a partner. We've been doing stuff internally. Um, so we took We The 15, um, and we used it as the way to engage our global workforce with our disability network. So we've run internal campaigns, webinars, um, and we're using... The engagement with the global campaign externally to drive internal engagement and and um as part of, of what we were doing we've, we've created these little video vignettes which we're sharing out 15 seconds of fame where we get people talking about their connection to disability why they support adapt which is our employee network and, and we the 15 so so we found it useful to to take something where you have the global recognition and use that to create a culture where people feel comfortable within our own organizations to start having conversations. Because like you talked about with your um, National Paralympic Committees, we're in 70-odd countries, and the cultures within our organization in those different countries vary widely, and the attitudes towards disability vary widely. So having this large international campaign that we can attach ourselves to the coattails of uh, and one that we're already associated with because we do business with the, the IPC has made a lot of sense for us. Um, what, what are the sort of other things, what are the engagement that you've already seen from, from other partners, for example? And then I'll hand over to Deborah. In terms of, we obviously had the Tokyo Paralympic Games. The our broadcast rights holders. Uh, so the Paralympics were broadcast in 140 countries in Tokyo last August. Our ask to our broadcast rights holders was, can you give us the airtime to show the campaign film? And 70 of our broadcasters did that. Now, if you think of, and they were showing it like 20 to 30 times during the, the Paralympic Games. So that's really expensive airtime. We're talking billions and billions of dollars. Um, so they gave us the airtime and championed the campaign. And, and similar to what you mentioned there about Atos, they then worked out and said, you know what? We've not really done too much on disability apart from buying the rights to the Paralympics. How can we use this global campaign to change how we do business? So that was pretty amazing. We also saw another, I mean, Atos is a, a, is a top partner of the Paralympic Games, the highest category of sponsorship. We also saw Coca-Cola say, we want to do this as well. We want to be. We want to champion We The 15. So their whole campaign in Japan around the Paralympic Games was all about We The 15. 
So they even changed their logo from the iconic red symbol to purple in, in support of the Wii 15. They had billboard advertising, newspaper advertising, not just talking about Coca-Cola products, but saying how they were proud to champion we the 15. So if you've got one of the world's biggest brands like Coca-Cola championing the campaign like that, that's that's where we saw some of the amplification. Allianz did something very similar. And it was really tremendous to see so many partners really get behind this. And I think this is what they really wanted was a, a global campaign that they could really get their teeth into. I mean, Intel, amazing, used their drone technology, mm-hmm. went to, I think, Finland, found a brilliant evening and with hundreds of drones made the We The 15 symbol and filmed it. Wow. And it looks absolutely wow. spectacular. Wow. Uh, so beautiful to see. And and now what we're working with is, is we're speaking to the partners about saying, look, this is what we've got lined up. Can't reveal too much today because obviously the big announcement will be in February, but we're working with them to say, look, how can you get on board with, with the activities that are coming? And what we want is everyone around the world to be able to get involved in We The 15. We don't want the people to purple wash and just mm. say, yeah, we want to champion We The 15, get the logo and then do nothing. That's not what we want. So whatever we announce in February, Pete will be able to monitor the progress. And if people aren't making the progress, we'll kick them out. <laughs> but, what, but what we want is people to make a great deal of progress. And we, want, we don't want We The 15 to be an IPC product. This is a product for 1.2 billion people. And and now is the time to trigger change because the pandemic's so impacted persons with disabilities around the world. So so we're really eager to to work with our partners like Zero Project to really make a difference. Yeah. Um, and February is going to be a pretty big uh, month, I think, for disability yeah. uh, conferences because we've got the Global Disability Summit where IPC is going to be present and as well as the Zero Project Conference where um, the IPC obviously has a spot as well. And we're also featuring a number of um, sporting innovations that have been awarded the Zero Project Awards. So quite an exciting month, I think. Um, and speaking about being involved, I think in, in the lead up to from this conference as well, we've been reached out to so many organizations asking how they can be a part of it. Um, and I've very kindly directed all of them to, to Craig and his team. Um, but like you mentioned, I think February is going to be a, quite a big uh, news cycle for, for the disability world, and we're all looking forward to it. Um, I, I, have a, I have a few questions and comments I want to make, and I'm sure others want to go. But first of all, I want to congratulate both of you on the European Award, the Best Purpose Driven Communications European Award. That's really cool. So congratulations. Um, I also wanted to, you're talking about partners. I wanted to bring up, remind everybody that, of course, the Valuable 500 under our beautiful Caroline Casey also joined. And one thing I love about it is, once again, they're representing corporations, 500 multinational corporations showing us leadership, like ATOS, uh, like, you know, Intel, Coke, and others. And I, I don't know, it, I know Intel is part of Valuable 500. I'm just not sure if Coke is, but it doesn't matter. These brands are showing our community they care about us. And so I think that's important. And I also want, because some people might wonder, of course, Rue Global is creating Billion Strong, an identity organization. And we have we are totally supportive of We The 15, because as Craig said, as Sue said, we're stronger together. And so we we there's room for everybody, but we're all going to be more successful if we come together. But this is the my finally I'm going to get to my question. 
we, we, the 15, certainly the 15 represents that we know at least, at least 15% of our community um, have, our societies have disabilities. We really think, of course, those numbers are much higher. So even though this is my opinion, and Craig, I'm going to let you and Sue do it, but I know that we, the 15, is also aware that the number is probably much higher. We just are not sure. And I know that uh, We the 15 uses 1.2 billion. Billion Strong is using 1.3 billion. Does it matter? Not really. What we all have to understand is we are a large community. And the more we all come together to support each other and what others are doing to make a difference, we win. Also want to say that we at Rue Global are very proud to also be, um, we work with IPC and my team just created the Americans Paralympics uh, logos and websites. So I love that special, I mean, that IPC also works with tiny little companies like Rue Global as well as gigantic companies, as well as nonprofits like Zero Project. And when we told Craig what we were doing with Billion Strong, he was like, I love it. We want to help. So I like that you're being thoughtful about the partnerships, though, Craig. I, I think that's very smart because everybody wants in now, but you know, how do you really make sure that you have, you continue, well, this you've had such a major impact already, but uh, you know, how do, where do we go from here? Oh, all those points. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, first. I mean, look, I, I always keep, I always, I'm a, I'm, I'm a taskmaster with the team and I'm like, look, we've had a great launch. Have we achieved anything? Have we changed from the life of a person with a disability around the world yet? No, we haven't. We have a lot of work ahead of us and, and, and we will only do that by, making We The 15 accessible to every organization or every person around the world who wants to contribute to change. And that's what's so important. That's why we had to take a step back after the launch and say, how can we get everyone who wants to make a difference here involved? You mentioned there about the, the 15% and the 1.2 billion, 1 1.3, is it 19%? 100% agree to you. But that shows why we need such a global campaign like this because the last piece of research on a global level was conducted in 2001. It's an absolute disgrace that it's 21 years since someone did a global piece of research on how many persons with disabilities are out there. We want to change that. That's one of the things that we're looking at with We The 15 is within the next decade, can we conduct the first global piece of research? And who knows, by the time we get to the LA Paralympics in 2028, we might be calling it We The 19. Who knows? I mean, big organizations tend to go for rebrands. We might do that again in, uh, who knows? But that's where we want to go to. But like I say, we've, we've, we've had a great launch, much more successful than we expected. And that shows the value of partnerships and strategic partnerships. We've had to take a step back, but we've achieved nothing. A, 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 a good launch doesn't transform the lives of 1.2 billion people. The hard work begins now. And to achieve difference, we're going to have to bring in anyone around the world who wants to contribute. And um, I'm not going to be as hard as Craig because I think it, <laughs> it was an absolutely beautiful launch. And I think it it is definitely the beginning of something uh, amazing. And um, I, I play sports myself, and I think having these conversations around sports has is, is something that's transformative, especially, and I want to say, for future generations, um, for for younger people, for 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 kids who are looking to 
to to see themselves in athletes. And I think this is where this is truly where the story starts. Um, we all had our favorite sports people that we looked up to, and I think We the Fifteen is truly transformative in the sense that it is in the more that it's being embraced by organizations and by companies, it is also being embraced by by people within economies that might that currently might not have um, the most positive understanding of disability uh, or have, might not have the most positive outlook on, on, on kids or youth with disabilities. And I think it, it's, it's being able to transform these um, mindsets and these ideas about what disability is. Um, and that's where I, I would say We The 15 has an absolutely brilliant start um, and it's about to keep going. And the more the merrier. So having more people, more organizations and more stories from all around the world is it's something that's absolutely transformative, I think. Excellent. Um, we've mentioned it, or you've mentioned it a little bit, Sue, um, and, and that is about the engagement of the, the Global South. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really, and, and we touched on it just now in terms of attitudes uh, and everything else, but how can we also not take our preconceptions that in the global north we have everything solved and learn from the best practices of the global south or learn from the innovation and the hacks because um, one of the things that we learned over the the last six months or so when when we were working with GIZ in um, and, and looking at access to education in Africa was that people do things differently, that the cultural context and also the the sort of infrastructure context changes how you how you deliver inclusive products and services. So 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 what is zero doing on this and and, and and how does that fit in with with the you know the work of We the 15? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say that we have all the answers, but we are learning as we go as well. Um, so I myself, I come from Singapore, um, and and I recently joined the Zero Project uh, about a year ago. And I think what we're trying to do is, in identifying these innovations from the global south, we take them as they are in the context that they're working in, in the environments that they're working in. So, for example, if you if you look at something like a, for example, a special education school, something like that, it's not considered very inclusive or very, very accessible in, in, in Europe or in the US. But in Asia, it's actually an innovative idea because just a few years ago, people with disabilities weren't even allowed to, to go to schools or couldn't even go to schools even if they wanted to. So I think we what we are doing is understanding innovations in the context that they're operating in, understanding the cultural meanings behind practices, understanding the cultural importance of values um, and that's where we're starting. Um, it's not easy, and we 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 are learning as we go day day to day. And what this brings into the We the Fifteen is that with these stories that we're sharing, it helps us build an idea of of what disability is and where each country is on the disability spectrum, if I could say that. Um, what is considered innovative in in India or or Uganda might not be innovative anywhere else, but I think in understanding that how a family or how a village or how a a community benefits from a particular innovation is is so telling in itself. Um, and I like giving this one example. It's um, 
one of our one of our awardees, one of our projects uh, that was submitted was actually um, sort of teaching people how to with mobility difficulties how to hold a spoon. And we at the Zero Project were thinking, oh, you know, this you can have these um, cerebral palsy spoons with like a big grip and everything. And it's it, those are the ideas that we came up with. But what this particular organization came up with was that you take a spoon and you stick it in a potato and you just grip the potato and that's innovative in itself. And it's so beautifully simple, I think. Um, and these are the kind of stories that we want to hear. These are the kind of stories that we want to share because this is something that can be done in any household, anywhere around the world. Um, and you don't need to have a thousand dollars to buy a special spoon just so you can learn how to hold it. And this is what we are all learning, I think, together as well. So we, not that long ago, uh, interviewed for the second time a chap called Felipe Betanco, and he uh, runs uh, Foundation Ayudas para Todos in um, Medellin, Colombia. Mm -hmm. And he does these kind of hacks too, and we absolutely love him. He calls himself the, the MacGyver of assistive technology because he's always pulling all of this stuff together. And... Uh, I think one of his favorite hacks is is actually a foot mouse that he's made from an ordinary mouse, you know, a, a three dollar mouse mm -hmm. and a rice paddle. <laughs> so the spoon that you use to scoop out the rice and he basically cut out a bit from the back of the, the mouse, glued in the rice paddle. And now you can move it around with your foot and use your toes to control the mouse. And, and 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 these kind of innovations are, are are really you know life changing for for the people that he's doing this for and he and he shares all of this stuff and and it's these kind of things where I I really love seeing that kind of innovation it, it lights me up that's why I you know we invited Felipe back because he's you know, full of the joy of finding things and, and sort of finding cheap devices and going well we can use this as an intercom and you know if we do this and this and, and you know it's with that sort of Heath Robinson sort of invention string and glue kind of stuff that that really does have an impact on people and we ought not to dismiss because sometimes I think you know we, we come from the privileged global north where we've had access to really expensive assistive technologies yeah. Now, I've been working in the field for 20 plus years, and I'm glad to have seen the price come down as, as it's been integrated into the mainstream. But we were paying, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds and dollars for a piece of assistive kit. And the components generally aren't that expensive. So that is, is really um, something that I think that we can take from these global campaigns and from the global awareness and the, the information gathering um, and, and really find better ways to connect people like Felipe, like the people you mentioned that are sticking a spoon into a potato, to, to really enable people cheaply and easily to, to be able to achieve the, the things in life that make a difference. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that's one thing we want to explore with either 15 is on assistive technology. How can we make assistive technology more affordable to people around the world? I mean, if you're on the Paralympic Games medals table, you've got the Global North at the top of the medals table because they can afford the best wheelchairs, the running blades, etc. Then at the bottom, you've got the nations who the only medals they win are when there's no assistive technology. And if you dealt, if you if you if you just look at it from a sport point of view, 
a lot of this assistive technology is, is it's only produced in a few countries around the world. So the, the technology itself, it, the components, as you say, Neil, bring it together is not the most expensive part, but the export and the customs duties that are being applied to that assistive technology is what makes it cost prohibitive for the majority of people around the world. Now, just imagine if through WIDA 15, we can put some pressure on governments around the world to change the customs duties when it comes to assistive technology. So it's not classed as a, a health or a medical piece of equipment, but maybe even a sport piece of equipment would be a huge, huge difference that this campaign could make. But if we could also then create blueprints for assistive technology to be made all around the world, so we don't even have to do the exports, then we'd make a huge difference. So, and that's, if you look at the the, the founding partners of, of, of WIDA 15, we have many people who work in the AT frame who can initiate that change, I hope. Yeah. So I'd like to just make a quick comment on that. And yeah, I noticed that y'all have a AT scale. You've got a GAATO, which is a global assistive technology. I just really, it feels like you were very thoughtful about the partners you picked, Craig. So compliments there. And um, I, I also just think it's really important in that, you know, we all get behind you. It's sometimes in our community, we we get jealous of other people's success. And I think what we all have to do is we all have to come together. We all have to support Zero Project to make sure they're successful. We all have to support what you're doing, Craig, with We the 15, because that's the way forward. And I think often we were treating each other sometimes like we were competitors. We're not competitors. There's plenty of work, plenty of money for everybody, but Bottom line, we are always going to be stronger when we come together. So I just wanted to... There's a huge there's a huge value in the partnership. And also, we won't get everything right. Mm, I mean, we right. saw that with the launch. Our website was a disaster. And, 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 you, and, 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 and you guys bailed us out because our website wasn't fully accessible. And, and, and so we will learn... Listen, it. You listen, Craig. Exactly. Y'all just jumped in and you tried to make it accessible. Yeah. You just made it use an overlay tool, which isn't that popular. I just want to be fair that y'all did do the right thing, but... But what I'm saying is we won't always get everything right. I agree. We, but the intention is there to make a significant difference. And, 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 and that's why when you bring so many organizations together, you've got the knowledge and the expertise elsewhere who can step in and go, actually, you need to do it like this. And that's what we want to do for the next 10 years. Right. And we need to get the accommodations into people's hands. I, I had heard that about a, a young girl that was deaf in, or she was severely hard, hard of hearing in a village in India. This, the UN stepped in, gave her hearing aids. And so she was able to go to school. They came back like six months later, she wasn't in school. And they're like, what's going on? And they said, well, we can't afford the batteries and the mm. hearing aids. The batteries cost as much as food for the family for the whole month. So having people helping that understand the issues, because often if we see people trying to help, but they don't understand the issues. We need our community solving these problems. And that's what we, the 15, can do is bring us all together. You know, we all have to come together. And, and you know, we, the 15, has the power to really, really have change. And so I know we are thrilled about what you're doing thrilled about it. And Access Chat's 100% behind you, so is Billion Strong and Rue Global Impact. And you know ATOS already is, but I, I appreciate what you're doing. So, Fantastic. We have actually hit our half-hour mark, so thank you so much. Could carry on for a lot longer. Um, I'm really looking forward to continuing the conversation on Twitter 
on Tuesday. So thank you, Craig. Thank you, Sue. It's been thank a real you. pleasure. And I also need to thank those that continue to support us, Barclays Actless, MicroLink PC, and my clear text. See you all soon.